Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Stage Coaching Podcast, where I help artists successfully navigate the pressures of an artistic career. This is professional certified mindfulness coach Evan Dunn Baritone, and you are listening to episode 66. Is everyone saying no to your singing career? Well, we here at Take the Stage Opera Podcast say toy, toy, toy. Find out what is holding you back so you can stop waiting in the wings and go out and get your standing ovation. There are no forbidden topics here, so get your ticket and find your seat. In Boca Lupo. Hello, guys. Thanks so much for being here with me today. It's um, been a really hectic week for us. Um, we we planned for it. We knew it was coming. We tried to take care of ourselves. Um, this last week was tech week for a dance concert that my wife is directing. And then I've been rehearsing for the musical Oliver. And then this coming week is tech week for me with dress rehearsals and performance week for Hannah. And so that has been really interesting. And you know what? Um, Given us some food for thought for what type of balance we want in our lives in the future. And um, we created this life for ourselves now. And so grateful for all the things that we're learning. But also it gives us some time to pause and think, okay, Going forward, is this the type of life that we want to have? How can we balance our life? How can we get the experiences that we want and um, and keep also living with the values that we have for ourselves? So really great experience, and we're looking forward to a couple of great shows this week. <laughs> so today I want to talk to you about shortcuts. And we humans, we're wired in our brains to always want to conserve energy. So if we can get what we want and get it really fast, then that's exactly how we like it. Um, but I have a few experiences with clients and voice students that got me thinking about this recently. For example, I have students who regularly ask me what they can do to get healthy fast when they have a cold. And... And I guess even other people who aren't my students, sometimes people just think, oh, you're a singer. You must have like a magic pill that you, that we can take. Or you might, you might have something that I can do to get over this really fast. And I always say, you're not going to like my answer. <laughs> and then I explain that once you have a cold, the cold really is going to run its course especially if you're already well into the symptoms of it. And the only way to really scientifically reduce the symptoms of a cold or even avoid most colds altogether, which, well, wouldn't that be nice to avoid colds? But the only way to really do that is to start long before the colds ever happen. And that's by building your immune system. And it includes drinking water, sleeping enough consistently, eating a truly excellent diet with tons of veggies, exercising regularly, managing stress, etc. And this happens months and even years 
in advance. And most students don't want to hear that because, like I said, they want a magic potion that will just cure them immediately. And they definitely don't want to put in effort over months and even years to avoid a cold. So this brings to remembrance uh, an episode of Parks and Rec where Leslie Nope is not feeling well. And she goes to some sort of a pharmacist or something and asks, she says, give me the good stuff, like the stuff that you would give Mariah if she was going out on stage in an hour and were sick and had to sing, you know? So it, certainly Mariah Carey has a magic pill and I want that magic pill immediately. I need a shortcut. Give me the pill. <laughs> and this same mentality, you could you could find it in other areas of your life. For example, finances. Like, why is it that so many millions of people get tricked into doing get-rich-quick schemes? Because they don't want to have to work hard, budget, save, invest, and wait for the, f- the future of comfort. And um, it's much more appealing to magically make millions right now. And this idea reminds me of another TV show that I've been recently rewatching, White Collar. And um, in this episode, there's some sort of investing scheme where the FBI was um, trying to figure out how these guys were, I don't know, tricking the system and trying to convince other people to invest and then stealing their money, right? So anyway, Neil Neil Caffrey was undercover and he was chatting with one of the guys who was involved in this scheme. And the other guy goes, Neil, so what are you going to do with your money after we make all like millions and billions of dollars from this scheme? And Neil undercover, he says, well, I'm going to invest it in, you know, mutual funds and um, make money that way. And when and the other guy didn't really seem impressed. And so Neil laughs and is like, oh, just kidding. I'm going to go buy a yacht or whatever. And the other guy says, yeah, I'm going to buy an island. So it's ironic that this group of men in the show are so impatient to get rich that they are willing to do illegal activities to make a bunch of money. And then once they make that money, instead of setting themselves up, by actually investing in funds that will help them stay financially stable for the rest of their lives. They actually just want to go out and blow all the money, buy private islands and stuff. I see this mentality on magazines that promise that you can lose 30 pounds in a month or you can get fit in 30 days if you just follow my one little simple thing. And nowadays... There's this type of pill mentality for everything and even literal pills for everything, right? Like drug companies create a drug or other companies that make vitamins and things. And they'd rather that you neglect your health every day and then have to depend on a drug to survive than for you to take care of yourself in the long run doing, you know, all those little boring self-care things that I like to talk about. And we've gotten to the point where instead of just eating vitamins and minerals as part of the food, <laughs> we think that vitamins and minerals literally are just pills. And But we are not designed to live like this. We don't survive very well if we eat junk food consistently, ignore our bodies, and then just take pills to quote-unquote make up for the nutrients, right? That's not a recipe for thriving. 
and vitamins found in food are so much more beneficial to our bodies, like a million times more beneficial to our bodies. Scientists don't even know all of the ways that vitamin C in an orange, for example, how much more powerful it is than taking the same amount of vitamin C in a pill. It's not even comparable. And there are always side effects in drugs and pills and even vitamins. Like you can say, oh, they're just natural. There's always a side effect. If it's not from the natural source of eating the food, there's a side effect. And when you're eating just healthy food and tons of veggies, there are no ill side effects. So taking pills, like I said, really does always have a side effect. And even though they can be so helpful and totally life-saving and um, necessary in so many situations, we've gotten to the point in our society where a pill is the first step that we take for even the simplest of maladies and we just ignore any prevention and any you know any steps that you can do for your body without the pill and this brings me to a discussion of mindfulness where the same mentality exists like do you really think that there's a magic button that you can push and all of a sudden have perfect mental health and vitality is there a pill that you can take that creates mental health of course there isn't. Some people try doing thought work or affirmations a few times and they say, well, I tried it and I still have my negative emotions or I still feel anxiety or whatever. So it must not be working. And then they give up because, you know, working on something in the long haul isn't as exciting as just getting a quick fix right now. And first of all, the point of mindfulness and coaching is not to avoid all the negative emotions. So if you start doing a mindfulness practice and you um, still experience negative emotions, then that's normal. Hopefully in your mindfulness practice, you get to the point where you understand how normal it is to experience negative emotions and they stop meaning so much and you stop feeling so afraid of them. Because the emotions are going to happen. What the real issue is when you're afraid of the emotions and you're trying to hide from them or you're trying to buffer from them, right? And that isn't even possible or necessary to really avoid all of them. Um, and this this reminds me of an of a client that I was just working with yesterday, and. Um, you know, we've been working on performance anxiety for her. And she's like, well, I've got this recital coming up this weekend. What can I do to be prepared for that? And I'm like, here's the deal. You'll, you can do some things that will help you for this weekend. But this weekend is just another step in in developing your mindfulness practice so that you can experience less and less anxiety over time. And this is a work that you can do little by little and build up, you know. It's not like I can just give you one magic sentence and all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, I never experienced performance anxiety. That's so great. I had this magic pill or I pushed this magic button, right? And she really understood that, my client. And she said, okay, this weekend I can have my own back. I'm going to go into this performance and... In a way, it was almost like she was saying, I expect to still feel anxiety and that's okay, 
rather than I've got to do anything in my power to just push this feeling down and pretend like I'm not feeling it. She was not as afraid of it anymore. And she's not afraid of, oh, okay, maybe I'll feel anxiety and I'll make a mistake because I, I get jittery and my hands start shaking. She's a pianist. You know, it's totally fine as you're practicing building up your mindfulness that you're still experiencing all these feelings. Remember, everyone's life really is 50-50 anyway. And with a mindfulness practice, you really can learn to feel your feelings and they become much less powerful and you can start to gain power over your emotions. So instead of putting some effort into developing a mindfulness practice, most of us, you know, really, we try to get some instant gratification of avoiding negative feelings by buffering. This can look like, I don't want to feel lonely, so I'm going to watch Netflix. Or I don't want to feel stress, so I'm going to go out drinking and cover up for that. And I don't want to feel self loathing that I'm so used to. So I'm just going to ignore it and I'm going to scroll social media. And again, there's nothing wrong with Netflix or drinking or social media as long as they're intentional. But when you're using them as a quick fix to avoid a negative feeling, it can turn into a negative thing in your life. But fear not, there are so many techniques <laughs> that can help you to deal with strong emotions. And that's exactly what I love doing as a coach, helping people to understand thoughts and feelings and really how to deal with emotions rather than just avoiding them. It, I just can't even tell you in one moment how powerful it is to embrace and know how to use your emotions. It it helps you to um, overcome any challenges in your life. It helps you to, as you reach your goals and accomplish your dreams, everything just works so much smoother for someone who is mindful and knows why they're feeling what they're feeling and can use that to empower them and strengthen themselves rather than just always hiding from it. Now, I do also want to talk a little bit more about anxiety and depression. I had a client this week who said that they just weren't getting anything done in their life because of their anxiety. And they said, oh, you know, I just woke up and I was anxious, so I just couldn't do it. And that's a, you know, those feelings are real. That is totally legit to feel so much anxiety and panic. And so I'm like, okay, I'm so glad that you are in tune with your feelings. So what are you doing to help you to understand your anxiety? And, um, you know, luckily they're working with a coach and, and s starting the process that way. But I say, are you, you know, seeing a therapist? Oh, no, I'm not seeing a therapist. Oh, are, are you exercising? No. Are you drinking enough water? No. Are you getting involved in social ac activities in your community? Do you have a, you know, a good community of support? No. Are you eating healthy meals? Not really. Well, so, you know, kind of explain what exactly are you doing? Oh, well, I am. Um, you know, I have some drugs 
for, for my depression. So I have like an antidepressant. And I'm like, well, that's so good that um, you at least were able to figure out that if you need an antidepressant, that that's helpful for you. But what do you really think that that pill does for you? Like, is there such a thing as a magical pill that solves all your issues with depression and anxiety or, you know, whatever? And just like there is no magic drug that can get Mariah Carey up and able to sing when she's really ill, there really isn't a pill that just fixes depression, you know. And this conversation about mental health is certainly complex, full of nuance. And I am not saying that you shouldn't use medic- medications because that is a legitimate part of a treatment plan if that's part of the plan that you see for yourself and are working with a doctor. But if that's the only thing that you're relying on, like, oh, I just went to a doctor and got a pill, but I'm not doing any of these other things that have been scientifically proven over and over to help people with their mental health, then you really are ignoring so much of the power that you have in your own life. You're ignoring your mind, your emotions, your thoughts, your health, your social needs, etc. And then you are only going to get, you know, some of the benefits from taking a pill, but ignoring so many other benefits that you could get in your life. And here's what I have to ask you all, and not just about mental health, but for anything, no matter what you are going through, or what is happening in your life. Here's my question, who or what do you believe has power in your life? If you are giving all of your power over to a pretend magic drug or a get-rich-quick scheme or waiting for a politician to fix your life, then that's fine. And I'm certainly not judging you because I have been there. (laughs) And I still have to monitor myself and catch myself when I'm trying to give over control in my life to someone else. But what if you took a moment and believed that you were the powerful one in your life? What if that were true? What if you were able to start taking control of more things in your life than you thought? What if you could do something to improve your finances? Even if you are struggling, like super dirt poor and have a gazillion dollars in debt, and you don't have a lot of resources, what if there's something that you can do? What if you believed that? Then wouldn't that be more empowering to you than just believing that there's nothing you can do? You know, what if you really could do something to improve your health? Even if you have, you know, a really horrible disease or several diseases, what if there's something that you could do to improve your health? Wouldn't that be better than believing there's nothing you can do? Or what if you believed you could create a stronger relationship with a friend or a significant other or a child or a coworker or whatever? What if you were the one who learned how to create and enforce boundaries in your life? What if you learned how to use your thoughts to create emotions that empowered you and moved you forward? What if you started to believe in yourself and started doing this work for yourself? Yes, I know it is slow and sometimes tedious work (laughs) 
taking care of your mind, man, there's just not a magic button. You don't get to go do yoga once and just all of a sudden your mind is fixed. <laughs> you, you can't follow a budget for one week and be magically financially stable. And you can't eat one piece of kale and be healthy. And you definitely, oh, please, you know, just remember, you do definitely do not need to figure out all of these things in your life right now. That's not what we're talking about. But you can start somewhere. And once you start seeing benefits in one area of your life, then you will probably feel more empowered to start, you know, working somewhere else as well. You know that as a singer, you have to be able to work slowly to develop your voice. It takes years of consistent daily exercise to build a strong voice that can sing long operas over an orchestra, you know. And it takes years to develop a career. Even if you've got a voice, you have to network. You have to develop a hundred different skills, including languages, networking, acting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if you can spend all of that time working on your craft, I would ask, isn't it also worth it to you to spend some energy and some time on your mind, on your feelings, which can only benefit you as you continue building your career? What would you give to be able to have a beautiful and fulfilling relationship with yourself? What would you give to trust yourself or to trust your feelings and not be so afraid of them anymore? And what would you give to have your own back? What's that even mean? I think most of us can't even comprehend what, does, what that means to have your own back and know that you can withstand any circumstance or any feeling that you experience with resilience. I think that the value of such a life is 100% incalculable. You know, if you had a million dollars, it would be worth it to pay a million dollars to have the rest of your life be more mindful, more present, and more taken care of. And you are worth that. I would love to hear what your next goal is. Uh, what is holding you back as a singer or what's holding you back as a person? What story are you believing in your mind that limits your growth and peace? I would love to help you discover that story, disprove it, and help you create a new story that serves you better. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for a session using the link in the description or visit me on Instagram at Take the Stage Coaching. You are powerful. You are creative. You're capable of managing your life. And I can't wait to see what you accomplish with yourself. So stop waiting in the wings. Go out and take the stage, my friends. In Boca Lupo. Thank you for listening to another episode of Take the Stage Opera Podcast. We love hearing from you. So please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and give us a review. It helps us to continue delivering quality material. 